The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot to those who are listening to us all across the state of Mississippi and those surrounding states and even on the interwebs at supertalk.fm slash Corinth, and uh, we appreciate you for being here, as well as we appreciate those people who are sponsoring the program. Couldn't do it without you. So, Bubba, how well do you think, and I'm going to pick on Americans here, but I could say humans, uh, how well do you think Americans do with uh, heeding warnings? You know, you, you the, by and large, heating, H-E-A-D, heating, not H-E-A-T. No, not okay. heating, right. not heating, right. heeding, heeding warnings. Heeding warnings. You know, by and large, um, traffic signs mm-hmm. are warning signs. Yeah. Yield, stop, mm-hmm. do not enter, those kinds of things. And by and large, most people try to follow them other than, you know, the... Speed limit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> those are just suggestions, right? I, you know, I've been places where uh, where road markings and and road signs and that sort of thing are more of a suggestion than a law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And many times, many people's personal, uh, you know, you're, you're just your personality mm-hmm. is um, any warning I get is just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. I'm my own person. I'm gonna do what the heck I right. want to. And by and maybe many of us as Americans mm-hmm. feel that way. But I go back to my question: How well are we at at heeding, listening to, abiding by, following warnings? You go to your doctor. Is that uh, by and large a set of warnings? Do they tell you? Would you say it's about fifty fifty? I I don't know. I think it depends on the warning. Okay. All right. You know, uh, I, I think you can look on a uh, a, a, a label uh, on a package that's rat poison. It says, "Warning: This will kill you if you eat it." Right? Mm-hmm. Most people would will adhere to that. Mm-hmm. You know, a warning like, uh, "Well, the speed limit's forty-five, mm-hmm. and you go sixty-five." Mm-hmm. You know, they they might not adhere to that one just as much. And if you go through that section of highway mm-hmm. again and again and you've never gotten caught, mm-hmm. then you don't even see that 45 sign anymore. That's right. Mm-hmm. This section of highway, I always yeah. go 65. Or if you pull up to a stoplight, you know, m- most of the time uh, people would say, yeah, green means go, red means stop, yellow means go faster. <laughs> Hurry up! Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about to change. Yeah. Doesn't mean caution. Mm-mm. Right? Correct. So the reason I asked this question about heeding, listening to, abiding by, considering warnings is that, uh, you know, a lot of times on this show we spend time talking about savings, investments, uh, maybe even get in the weeds on what net asset value and the random walk theory are, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and maybe uh, retirement right. and how to do distribution rates during retirement. But what about if 
you were just starting out as a young adult. Mm -hmm. What are some warnings, some piece of advice that you think the average person would offer to a given 18-year-old? Would you say that they would counsel them to go to college? Or to seek uh, uh, some sort of certification, uh, some sort mm -hmm. of uh, vocational uh, uh, specialty. Right. Yeah. Probably uh, home ownership. Mm -hmm. You think most people would be uh, encouraged there about home ownership? Right. You find out somebody's getting ready to get married. Does everybody have advice about that, including your brother-in-law who's been divorced six times? Everybody does, yeah. Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah. You find out somebody's ready to have a child. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, really the only advice I have towards children, and I give this all the time, mm -hmm. uh, and it's my understanding that at about four or five months, they're able to make it through the night without feeding them, and you got to let them cry it out. Oh, oh. It's one of the hardest things mm -hmm. in the world to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, you got to you, you convince yourself that mm -hmm. baby needs me. Right. That baby's hurting. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 uh. Is it hard to do? I I don't know. I was told at four or five months that they don't need to be fed. So so yeah, I sleep like a baby it. now. Yeah, yeah. But no you tried. Intended. But it, but at the time, you and your wife. Did oh you yeah. Did you have a little argument there in the bed? Oh yeah, you did. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you go in there. Mm -hmm. Huh? What, what we did was, uh, you know, first night we let them cry for 30 minutes. Okay. Went to, went and picked them up or checked on them, you know, touched them, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And a couple nights later we let them go for 45 minutes mm -hmm. or an hour. And we kind of eased them into yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And after about, you know, three or four weeks of that, then, you know, they kind of convince themselves, I guess. Hey, it's going to be all right. Mama's yeah. not going to be coming at my beck and call. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, the mm -hmm. first peep I make. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's some advice mm -hmm. there about letting them cry. But some of this advice that people would mm -hmm. give you uh, as you start your life, going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody give you advice. You go, you go on to college. Is every day at college uh, rosy? Every day at college easy? Mm -hmm. Every day at college you don't, uh, you know, you feel like you're fulfilled and you really enjoy it and it's not boring or it's not super challenging. It's, from my experience of the college thing was it was basically go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. You're either bored out of your gourd mm -hmm. or you're challenged to the point of extreme anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, maybe it's the way I'm handling this whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I studied a little bit more yeah. during the times I was bored, yeah. then I wouldn't be as mm -hmm. anxious. Or prepared a little bit during the times that I was bored. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. Mm -hmm. So I want to, today, there are about four or five um, of these uh, uh, times, sessions in a person's life, uh, and I want to go over some um, tried and true advice, some heed, uh, to give you an opportunity to heed some warnings. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about school. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about divorce. We may even touch on moving in with your mama. Okay. Whether that's a good idea mm -hmm. or not. 
And all of this around the framework of how this affects my financial life mm-hmm. and how my financial life affects these other things. School, marriage, divorce, moving in with your mama. Right here from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Hang in there with us through this break. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. And we're talking about maybe some of those milestones you're going to have in life as a young adult, uh, as an adult, whether you're young or not, that, um, well, it would benefit you if you had had a little caution thrown at you by somebody who'd done this before, maybe a little advice. So let's take the first one, school. I'm going to give you uh, one or two hard and fast rules that I've learned from my myself, okay. my clients, American society, and my own children, okay, related to college, okay? Now, first of all, I want to make this disclaimer. College may not be for you. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? I th- that's perfectly okay. You know, uh, a job. Mm-hmm. Maybe waiting for you, and you feel fulfilled at it, and this is just not the time mm-hmm. for college. Maybe you're tired of the classroom, right? And you'd rather do something else. That is perfectly okay. Now, before you make that decision, mm-hmm. though, I want to make a couple of points to you. Yeah. Will it make a difference in Phil's life if he gets a college education? related to the amount of money he makes throughout his lifetime, on average. On average, yes. Because on average, Mm -hmm. people with college degrees make about 15% more. I looked it up this morning. 15% more per year than those Mm -hmm. without. Yeah. Okay. Now, you may say, well, 15% of a starting salary of Mm $30,000 is only $1,500. That's just a little more than $100 a month. I'd Mm -hmm. rather not have the stress of college, and I'll give you $100 a month not to make me go through that. Right. Mm -hmm. I can hear some people saying that as they drive down the highway. And that's your choice, right? Right. But at least we told you. Now, Mm -hmm. starting out, 15%. Of $30,000. doesn't right. sound like that much money. Mm-hmm. But in 20 years. Yeah. And as it accumulates over time. Uh, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It can really make a difference. So uh, financially speaking, you may want to revisit that decision. Mm-hmm. Now, if you say, you know... I hear what Bubba said on the radio, but I really don't want to go to college full time. This is a great job making thirty grand a year, and I've done a little math. If I make thirty thousand dollars a year for four or five years while my brother goes off to college, I've made one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty grand that he ain't made. How long is it going to take him for him to catch up, even if he makes fifteen percent more Mm -hmm. than me? I've heard all of this, and I've put the pencil to it. I also hear people say, you know, I hear part of your uh, argument there, and I'm not really sure about this decision. Guess what? I'm going to take the job making thirty grand a year, but I'm going to take one or two classes along. Mm-hmm. Just kind of see if it is for me. Right. And maybe get a few semester hours mm-hmm. under my belt. All of those are legitimate decisions, and I hope you will make those decisions after you've considered. Sure. 
all of the information. Mm -hmm. But if you do make the decision to go to college, Greg Cooley's got something to tell you. Don't finance it. Right. Now, why do I say that with such emphasis? Don't finance college. Well, it, it, just nationally, right? If you look at the overall amount of debt associated with college education right now, mm. it, it's, um, and, and I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it's quite large. Oh, it's. it's and it puts an incredible burden on individuals as, uh, as they are graduating. Yeah, it's like billions of mm -hmm. dollars are owed out there yeah. for college educations. Mm -hmm. Now, two or three reasons why I'm so emphatic about this. First of all, it doesn't make any sense for you to borrow money for an overpriced elite education mm -hmm. when you're paying 60 or 70 grand a year for something yeah. that you could get somewhere else. And the only reason you're doing it is just because it came from a certain school. Mm -hmm. Huh? I'm telling you, freshman English is freshman English just about anywhere. Right. Calculus principles are calculus principles. Just, just about anywhere. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so for you to be paying 60, 70 grand a year, um, uh, uh, here's another point I want to make. 60 or 70 grand a year is nothing for rich people. Mm -hmm. So rich people are not financing college right. educations. Okay? Mm -hmm. You know who's financing college educations? Look this up too. Mostly middle class kids. Yeah. Now why is it middle class kids are doing most of the financing? Um, because they're the ones that can't really afford it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, lower income individuals are getting certain grants, mm -hmm. scholarships, need-based mm -hmm. scholarships, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, wealthier individuals are able to pay for it outright. Papa strokes a check. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? But uh, the argument to that, though, Greg, is, mm -hmm. hey, you know, how are you going to get yourself from middle class to upper middle class or upper class, right? Uh -huh. So you think that a moniker on a piece of sheepskin is going to do that? Well, some people would say so. <laughs> I think that you get a decent education to make A's or B's anywhere and go to work mm -hmm. and outwork me. That's a better strategy than you trying mm -hmm. to get a, a more prestigious. Right. Education. Now, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not against a prestigious education. Mm -hmm. my, 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 my kids, you know, they're they not at Slippery Rock U. Yeah. And it's not cheap. But on the other hand, let's talk about the value here. If you finance, if you're one of those middle class kids and you finance mm -hmm. a degree that after you get out is only going to pay you 30 or 40 grand a year. Mm hmm. Have you tried to figure out how much rent is these days? Yeah. You won't have enough money left over to be able to make mm -hmm. the loan payment on the expensive education. Long and short of it is here, I, I want to make and spend so much time and make such a big deal out of this is because this is more than an emotional decision. Mm -hmm. This is a financial decision. It's a long-running decision. It's a decision that can affect you and your future frustrations. Stop before you jump into something just because of the eliteness of it. It, it. I think it also goes a little bit deeper than that as well. Mm. Uh, and, and I had a conversation in, in our Sunday school class about this uh, Sunday morning um, about, about greed, really. So let's, let's talk about a physician, right? Okay. okay. 
Everybody knows that it's pretty expensive to go to medical school. Yeah. Most individuals don't have the money to pay for medical school, right? right? They may. Right. They may not. Maybe they get scholarships. But right. uh, I, I would venture a guess to say that most people come out of medical school with about $200,000 worth of debt. Right. Maybe more, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But $200,000 is a pretty big burden to overcome. Yeah. Especially when you get out in a residency and you're not making much money and all, you know, everything else. Now, yeah, you've got the potential to make a quarter million, half a million, a million dollars a year once you graduate, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got a lifestyle uh, shift uh, that you've got to do, an mm-hmm. expectation that you meet a certain mm-hmm. requirement mm-hmm. as you graduate and that sort you're of thing. A doctor. Yeah. Right. And if you have that debt, Mm-hmm. Does that make you um, a little bit more of, um, I want to put this the right way. Let's say that, that Phil comes in to sees me and and maybe he needs a procedure, maybe he doesn't. Okay. But I tell him he needs that procedure so that I can get paid more, uh, so that I can got, service that debt. Because you got a debt payment. Right. We run into that in our industry. In our industry, we run into that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we find out that people got sold mm-hmm. a certain product probably because that salesman. Yeah. Got paid a big commission on it because mm-hmm. he had a boat payment. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can be influenced possibly in your future profession mm-hmm. by the burden of the debt. Now, right. now, when I said don't finance it, I'm talking about undergrads. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are some people of professional education that we can put the math to it. Now, your education as a doctor, mm-hmm. it may be worth it for you to have a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt right. against that. Mm-hmm. But it's not worth it for you to have a couple hundred thousand dollars against something you're only going to make thirty grand a year on. Correct. Probably. Yeah. Financially speaking. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we're talking about the possibility of your fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And there are some people out there who are yelling at the radio because I'm really fulfilled in my $30,000 a year mm-hmm. job. Maybe you are. Mm-hmm. But very few people will. Would you, would you be as fulfilled if you had a, you know, a debt requirement of $150,000 to go along with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is future stress mm-hmm. you're putting on yourself. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of strategies you can use, however, to get a decent education that will propel you to make that income that is 15% mm-hmm. higher than your brother other than going into debt. First of all, community colleges are a pretty good sh- option sometimes. Yes, they are. Huh? Mm-hmm. They're a pretty good option. Uh, it, it, you can almost go for free mm-hmm. to community colleges. And as I said, you know, when you get out and you work for me as your boss, I don't know if you went to community college and took freshman English or you went to mm-hmm. Harvard and took it. Right. As long as you speak well and speak mm-hmm. decently and use 99 times out of, out of 100 the correct tense of the verb, mm-hmm. I'm not looking at your transcript. To determine that. So community colleges could be a great option. The other option that I pointed out a minute ago is maybe do a little at night and a little on the side. Mm-hmm. Who says you have to finish in four or five years? So what? If, if you finish in seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. That sheepskin can, can really mean something Correct. later on when it comes to the possibility of you mm-hmm. pr- pr- promoting and, and getting uh, better exposure. So uh, there are some other options. Here's an option I used. I think you did too. Work while you're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I worked while I was mm-hmm. there. 
And that really helped. It, it, it eased mm-hmm. the burden. It, keep, it kept me from having hundreds of thousands of dollars worth sure. of, uh, of debt in the end. And mm-hmm. you know what? It was great experience. Yeah. So we're going to continue to talk about these lifestyle uh, and lifetime milestones and some advice related to those on the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you on Super Talk Radio. And we're talking about these milestones of the adult life that maybe there's some points of advice that we could get that would have helped us out. And we went through uh, college and you know, it's selection of colleges and, and debt related to that and maybe some alternatives of ways to, to pay for it and maybe even stretch it out. But um, you know, also the, the numbers say that you probably need that education. Um, another um, milestone in life that I think uh, we could all benefit from some advice related, and that is marriage. Now, um, some people, their minister, uh, rabbi, um, priest, will insist that they do premarital counseling. Right. That they, uh, you know, certain areas uh, that they, they get some advice on before that priest or minister will will do the nuptials. Uh, I think that's a really good uh, uh, alternative. I think it should be mandatory. So you did that. it? I, I did it, and, and, you know, thinking back on it, I think we had a couple of classes. Mm-hmm. You had to do one of those uh, tests, I think, where you fill in the bubbles and come back with a personality profile. Oh, really? It was amazing how normal mine was. <laughs> and Abby normal hers was? Well, I, I wouldn't say. She was slightly abnormal, but mine was mine was more normal than her oh, normal. really? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And I, I still take pride in that today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, even given um, the premarital counseling that we had, right, mm-hmm. it might have been three sessions. Okay. Which, you know, thinking back on it, eh, you know, maybe it was good that we had that, but it could have been a whole lot more and a whole lot more in depth. So that was close to 20 years ago, 16, 17, yeah, 18, uh, 20 years? 20 years ago. Okay, 20 years ago. To be ago. precise. Okay. It's yep. 20 years mm-hmm. ago that you, you, you did that. Um, now looking back. Now, now part of that may have been because of uh, logistics mm-hmm. uh, and that sort of thing. You know, I was in Atlanta. We got married. Uh, and Natchez and, and, you know, doing an eight-hour trip just to go to premarital counseling. But, you know, had I, had I been told to, we probably would have gone somewhere local yeah. uh, to do that. Yeah, so if you look back over this 20 years, mm-hmm. you appreciate the three or four sessions you had. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But would you have had more? Yeah, yeah. Would you have had a second one on finances or a second one on sex or a second one on the mother-in-law yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. yep. right? Right? Yeah, because if it's not one thing, it's your mother-in-law, that's for sure, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 So um, this marriage thing, let's let's talk about the financial side. Mm-hmm. Let's say that, uh, you know, you were back there 20 years ago and you were going, you're getting married and uh, your minister or priest or, or mother-in-law or your wife mm-hmm. or you insisted on this premarital counseling. Yeah. What would you have covered it on the finance side, under the finance tab? What, what do you think would have been um, a little more advantageous to talk about than you, than you covered? I, so I think um, it's not necessarily about the day-to-day operation of a household budget, right? That's very important. 
Okay. But I think it's more about the bigger themes. Mm-hmm. Are you a saver or are you a spender? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, what are your thoughts and feelings towards money in general? What does money represent to you? Mm-hmm. Those are much bigger concepts that you have to wrap your brain around and, 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 and tackle mm-hmm. than then how much money do I have coming in? How much money can I have going out yeah. and spend, right? Yeah. But the budgeting aspect is pretty easy, but when you get to these underlying topics of what does money really mean to you? Mm-hmm. Is money security? Mm-hmm. Is money opportunity? Is money, uh, you know, all these different things mm-hmm. uh, that I think a lot of people leave out. Right. Yeah. Is, is money power? Okay. You know, that's, that's yeah. a, a big one. Where'd you get your yeah. first exposure to it? Right. Mm-hmm. Who gave you your attitude about mm-hmm. money? Did it come from your mom, yeah. your dad, your uncle, mm-hmm. your next door neighbor? Have you even developed an attitude yet? Right. I mean, some mm-hmm. people have an attitude about it when they're four or five mm-hmm. and they ride along with their granddad and he's taking care of the beans mm-hmm. and they realize that this takes a whole lot of effort and a whole lot of knowledge. And it, But if he didn't have it, he wouldn't get the money from the crop. That's right. And then other people, they're 20 years old and mm-hmm. they've just been kind of floating through life. Yeah. And they don't have an attitude about it. Mm-hmm. And it'd be good to know that from not just yourself, sure, but your prospective spouse. Especially knowing that the statistics tell us that, you know, a majority of the marriages end in divorce. Yeah. And one of the primary reasons for that is monetary reasons. Yeah. So let's do the math. Yeah. I looked it up. 51% of uh, new marriages in the last 40 years have ended in a divorce. Okay. 51%. Those aren't very good odds. I'm going to make the math easy. I'm just going to say 50. Because we're going to do some further mathematics here. All right. All right. So 50% of the marriages end a divorce. Mm -hmm. Okay. Of those, 80% Mm -hmm. of the 50% say that money or issues related to money Mm -hmm. and possessions were a big problem and were one Mm -hmm. of the contributing reasons we got the divorce. So out of everybody that gets married... 80% 80% of 50%. Yeah, so that means 40% of everybody, if anybody has ever been married, 40% of those individuals yeah. have had issues with money. Yeah. But I would say it's probably more than that. I think it is. Because if it's 40% of the individuals who had a major issue that got a divorce, right? What about the people who stuck together? What, the ones that stuck <laughs> together and got through it, right? Well, what did they do differently <laughs> that the other ones didn't? Uh, good question. Yeah. Very good question. Mm-hmm. How they handled it? What were their attitudes? What did they talk about? What What did they open up about? Mm-hmm. What did you hide from me? Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. All of those little paranoid things that maybe you address, but so and so didn't before they got their d- divorce. Right. Also, those people who stick together. How many of them continue to have financial issues mm-hmm. that uh, may not lead to divorce, but it doesn't lead to happiness. How many right. people stick around, but they ain't happy? Mm-hmm. You know, if you really look at it, 50% of the marriages end in divorce because you had guts enough to say, this ain't working. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have guts enough to say it ain't working, yeah. I live 25 more years mm-hmm. in torment? Yeah. Maybe there ought to be 60 or 70% mm-hmm. of people. And I know my minister friends are not happy to hear mm-hmm. that, but I'm just saying, practically speaking... Yeah. Financial discussions within marriage uh, are very important. Mm-hmm. And our point is, maybe we ought to have them before marriage. That's right. Okay? 
I think you're exactly right. We ought to cover the big things. What are your mm-hmm. attitudes about money? You know, how do you see money? How does what does money represent to you? The other thing I think that we need to talk about is what is your goal with it? Mm-hmm. In the end, what is your goal with it? You just want to amass more, or you just want to have more fun today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Why are you working? There's a very good question. Mm-hmm. Why are you working? It'd be interesting to hear what your spouse says about that, right? Yeah. Why are you working? Why do you get up every day? Mm-hmm. Why do you put the makeup on? Why do you shine the shoes? Why, why do you do that? Oh, what's the whole point of it? So discussions about money as we mm-hmm. enter our marriage and as we continue in our marriage, very, very important. Yeah. And I, I had an emphatic thing I said about uh, borrowing money for your undergrad. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Here's my emphatic thing ab- about um, money and marriage, and that is talk. Mm-hmm. Talk. Right. Don't hide. You're not going to be able to hide it for long. You think you're hiding those credit card bills? Mm-hmm. A reckoning's coming. Mm-hmm. You don't like living here, but you're make, making the mortgage payment? You need to talk about it. Yeah. Maybe we can come to an agreement to sell or to add on or to change mm-hmm. it. Don't live in torment. Open up. Talk. Mm -hmm. One of the things I think that we as a society have done well over the last 40 or 50 years is encourage people to address issues. You know, Mm -hmm. we see commercials on television uh, about, you know, your mental state and how you need to open up about that. And and we, we're more comfortable talking mm-hmm. about that now than we were a long time ago. A long time ago, people just told you to toughen up. Right. But now we are, are addressing things. Well, mm-hmm. I think we need to uh, continue down that road, mm-hmm. not just relate to our mental health, but also related to our financial health. Open up and talk. Sure. Communicate. Are those conversations easy? No, they're, they're, well, sometimes they are, mm-hmm. but I would say the majority of the time they're not. Mm-hmm. My wife, this is a way she leads off a conversation that instantly my 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 blood pressure goes up. Mm-hmm. All right, and she's listening right now. She knows she does this, but when she looks at me and says, "I've been thinking," I'm like, "Oh crap! <laughs> oh no! Uh-huh. Oh boy! What's next?" Or when she says, we got to talk about something. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, but it's important to do mm-hmm. that. I'd rather deal with it now when it's a small problem yeah. and address it together mm-hmm. while we're on the same page. Or if we're not on the same page, we're close enough mm-hmm. to the same page, we can get on the same page. Yeah. But as it festers and as things callous and as, the, as we grow apart, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you need to have one of those conversations with your spouse where you say, I've been thinking, or we need to talk, go ahead and do it. Do it now. And if you're thinking about marriage, uh, realize that if you really love that person and you want it to last 40, 50, 60, 70 years, good to talk about this stuff beforehand. Mm -hmm. Open up, talk, get it out there. Let the world know who you are, especially related to your finances. We're up against another break from the Advisors Roundtable. We're going to continue this discussion here as we talk about school, marriage, divorce, and moving in with your mama. 
on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Levis with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening to us. And today we're talking about uh, 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 looking at uh, some of these milestones of life and some advice related to school and marriage, divorce, moving in with your mother. So we've covered school and marriage a little bit there. Uh, uh, takeaways from the school thing is uh, let's not finance an undergrad and uh, takeaway f- uh, related to marriage, whether it's before marriage or during marriage, is talk. Um, and then we're going to talk now just a moment about divorce. Um, my, my advice, uh, and I've never been divorced, thankfully, don't intend to, uh, and I'm married to my first wife and mm-hmm. continue to that be my only one. But uh, when I really uh, observe people who have been through divorce, the one piece of advice that I can give, especially from a financial uh, perspective is move on yeah uh, bad memories maybe hurt they may have crushed your finances how many mm-hmm. people how often do we have people you know come in they're about 60 65 years old and they, they're talking to us about the possibility of retirement and they say you know i'd have a whole lot more money but had a couple of husbands back there mm-hmm. you know yeah. That, that, that former wife, I had to split everything with them. Or I had this bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah, I had the, these issues mm-hmm. that I had to deal with. Or my spouse got me into a bankruptcy. Right. Uh, some things unbeknownst to me because we weren't talking and somebody was hiding. And it got to where it wasn't, uh, where I could live with it. It was unbearable. And we had to get a divorce. Uh, I know there are scars. I know there are issues. I know there are things that you wish had not happened, but move on. Uh, you can't roll the clock back. You can't go do the premarital counseling now that you're 26 years into it and uh, you're in the midst of a divorce. Uh, we just we, we got to move on. And mm-hmm. there are a number of things you got to deal with here financially as you go through a divorce. First of all, there's a division of the assets, right? if there are any. Mm-hmm. And... You got to hash that out. Yeah. Got to deal with it. Sometimes uh, uh, there are rules and laws of the state uh, that will be involved there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things you may not even realize going through a divorce is that there's some interaction with Social Security and some mm-hmm. rules uh, about whether you are eligible for some benefits mm-hmm. later on related to having been married at least over 10 yeah. years. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of this, that your attorneys are probably going to work you through, but uh, a, a division of the income, Ooh. right? You go from a uh, a household with two incomes, right, mm-hmm. to a a single income household, right, right. Or or you could go from a household with one income mm-hmm. down to another household that has one income and another household that has zero income, yeah. right? Yeah, and what do you do if you're mm-hmm. that spouse that right. you know you had no, you weren't the one bringing in the yeah. income because you were at home doing something else? Yeah, um, a, a lot of issues there, and a lot of them are related to, like I said, rules, regulations, and laws. As the husband of a drug dealer, I wouldn't want to lose that income, right? <laughs> you like her income, mm-hmm. right? I do. Right, I tell you, uh, you know, it, it's it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. if you can hang in there together. And, you know, look at the monthly budget mm-hmm. and multiply the incoming money by two. Right. 
if you do it well and you do mm-hmm. it together. But we, as you said, when we start dividing the assets and we start going through the rules and the regulations and the laws and uh, we have to deal with the courts and the attorneys, um, it's, it's a major undertaking and it's not going to be easy and it has not been easy on those of you who've mm-hmm. done it. And so once you've done that, once you've been beaten up, move on. Yeah. Now, I know that's easy for me to say from mm-hmm. sitting here in a studio. And some of us, uh, you know, we we want our revenge. Right. But it may not come the way you're fantasizing. Mm-hmm. And financially, we have seen people come through major divorces mm-hmm. and major division of the assets. And on the other side, they may be better off. Right. We've seen them move on and learn and lick their wounds and heal Mm -hmm. and stand up and set their jaw toward it. And life is better. Sure. And I think it can be for you coming through a divorce. Mm -hmm. If you have come through a divorce, yeah, just take a deep breath and move on. Right. Okay. Now, here's the one that I think a lot of people, when I teased this early in the show, maybe have been hanging around for mm-hmm. the last five minutes here about moving in with your mama. Yep. All right, lay it on them. Do we see it? Yeah. Yeah, we see it. Why do people move in with their mama? A uh, number of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can't be helped, okay. right? right. Uh, sometimes there are no other, uh, no other options mm-hmm. available. Right. Um, sometimes it's needed. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about those two. Okay. Because I, I don't want this to sound extremely critical here, mm-hmm. but it is a, um, a milestone of some people's lives mm-hmm. that we want to help them through. Yep. Okay? You said it may be needed. Mm-hmm. What would be a situation where it would be needed for somebody to move back in with a parent? Um, you know, maybe you've got uh, financially hard times. Maybe you've got a disability that you're dealing with, um, a number of different Maybe you've come through that divorce. Maybe you've come through that divorce, and you need a place to land until you can get on your feet and get going again, right? That's right. Maybe it's some place that, uh, that you're going to move in for a matter of a month, three months, six months, until you get ready to move out on your own. All right, so you've stolen one of my points mm-hmm. there, Bubba. You've been looking at the notes again. Well, I you? can't even see that far away, but... <laughs> And that is, number one, mm-hmm. if you need to, and some people do right. need to, mm-hmm. and sometimes it is necessary. Sometimes life happens to you, and life has kicked at you, and life has thrown you a curveball, and you got to go start over. Mm-hmm. All right? First point is we need to have a time frame on this. Right. Okay? For everybody to come through this, mom to come through it, dad to come through it, for, for you to be able to come through it and feel good about yourself, there needs to be a time frame. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right from the beginning, you say, like you said a minute ago, I'm only going to do this for a, a minute, Mom, until yep. that lease comes available mm-hmm. that, that I'm looking toward. I, I'm just going to be here for 30 days, 60 days. Yep. Or, you know, you got to be honest. I've had an injury here. Mm-hmm. And I've got a disability, and I'm working through it. And can we do this for six months? All right. Right. 
everybody needs to be on the same page here. Mom doesn't need to be thinking. She doesn't need to be going to the mm -hmm. hair salon talking about you behind your back. Like, I don't know when Bubba's ever going to move out. Yeah. We need to be talking about this. Mm -hmm. And that leads to point number two. You need to have a goal mm -hmm. to get back out there as your as yourself. Sure. You need to be back out there leading your life as an adult. You And that goal of a time frame will help you. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you're floundering, it's because you probably don't have any goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. huh? So you said that, yeah, sometimes. And I, I think we've, we've described it this way in the past. Mm -hmm. a, uh, a goal without a time frame is just a wish. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't have a number associated mm -hmm. with yeah. it, a specific time frame, six mm -hmm. months. Right. 60 days. Mm -hmm. I need to save up $5,000. There has to be a number associated mm -hmm. with that. Because if not, how do you know you make an A in a class? Right. Well, the teachers have a grading scale. Sure. There's a number associated with it. So, yeah, you, you need to have, uh, first of all, a time frame totally talked over mm -hmm. with the parent, mom or dad, that you've moved into yeah. or both. Secondly, you need to have a specific goal in mind. What is it going to look mm -hmm. like the day I move back out? Mm -hmm. Do I have a certain amount of money in the bank? Have I gotten a lease somewhere? Is there a better job? Has the disability finally come through? Yeah. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. I need to begin to, in my mind, frame what that looks like. The very last thing is related to living with mom. Don't be a sponge. Yeah. Huh? Mm -hmm. You're not 14. What did it look like when you were 14? What did mom do? Just about everything. Just about everything. When you move back in and you're 34, mm -hmm. don't make mom do everything. Right. She didn't need to be doing your laundry mm -hmm. if you're, you're able to do it. Right. In fact, maybe do some of hers mm -hmm. to show that you're, you're, you're thankful and you're full of gratitude. Sure. So this is not moving back in and you're just going to pick back mm -hmm. up when you, where you were when you were a teenager. You're an adult moving back because you got a need. Right. But you're move, going to move out mm -hmm. when things are better because you got a goal. Yeah. So college, mm -hmm. education, marriage, divorce, moving in with your mom, some decent advice about these various milestones of life. I hope we helped you there from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. 